years, we impacted our family. And, uh, and uh, so his grandfathers impacted him, and he's still uh, serving the Lord. And I think that's wonderful. Amen. We ought to all try to impact somebody's life in a God way. Uh, open your Bibles tonight if you would. I know you're tired. Most of you have been down to the baptismal service and and uh, we didn't get done there at about 3.30, and, uh, which was good. We had enough to baptize. It took a while and uh, there were some testimonies and as I said, several there. It was a great service down there, but I know you're tired. Uh, so I want you to look tonight in Exodus 15 tonight, and we're going to begin our reading in verse 22, and we're going to read down to the end of the chapter in verse number 27 uh, tonight. And the Bible said, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Myra, they could not drink of the waters of Myra, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Myra. The people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statues, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, and where were twelve wells of water, three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Thank you be seated. Father, we do thank you tonight for the glorious day that we've had today, and uh, it's good to be about our Father's business, and I'm glad our Father had some business that we could be about today. And uh, Lord, we thank you for those ten precious souls that followed the Lord in believers' baptism. And Lord, we pray the waters will stay troubled and we pray there'll be more, Lord, to walk down into the creek of the baptistry. Uh, we pray it'd be an endless stream that God would give us lost souls. We pray the Lord might give us one tonight. Uh, Lord, we pray if there be one here that's in need of the Savior. Lord, bless your people tonight for their faithfulness to come back tonight to the house of God. Lord, to open their Bibles and expect to hear something from God. Lord, I pray that I've got something from God, and I pray you'll help me deliver it tonight, and it be a help to God's people as they journey on through the wilderness. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for what you've done, what you have done, what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, that you've saved a part of me so good it can't sin. And thank you, Lord, that you've made provisions for the part that can. And I love you for it, and I give you all the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen and amen. amen. This comes on the heels. We didn't read it for the sake of time. But if we had started reading in the 15th chapter in verse 1, we'd find out that in chapter 14 that God wrought that mighty deliverance, a type of salvation, that uh, He brought them across the Red Sea on dry ground. 
and he destroyed their enemy there uh, in the waters behind them. And uh, they stood still and they saw the salvation of the Lord. We get chapter 15, it's jubilee time. Uh, the Bible says in verse 1 that they're singing. Uh, said they then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song. And they were singing to the Lord. It got on so good that Myram, the sister of Moses, got out the tambourines. And they uh, were really having a good time there worshiping God. And over the great victory that God had wrought in them. It's always a good time when God brings victory uh, to His people. Uh, it's always a time of praise and worship and singing and enjoyment in the things of God. But as they finish that up, Moses, the man of God, he catches something, his eye catches something that he don't really want to see. Uh, he sees that, see, God is leading them a cloud by day, and God is leading them a fire by night. And Moses sees that cloud, if it's daytime, Moses sees that cloud begin to move. If it's nighttime, he sees that fire begin to move. And the problem is that it's moving in the wrong direction. The Bible it says that it's moving into the wilderness. And uh, I mean, when you just come out of what they've come out of, 400 years of slavery, uh, and you just been free, just got across, just got out, uh, the last thing you want to do is head into wilderness. But God's a leading, and, uh, and we know God's a leading the right way. Because the Bible said in Psalms 107, in verse number 7, the Bible said, He leadeth them forth by the right way. God is leading in our life, and my life, and your life, and if we follow God, He may lead to the wilderness, but it'll always be the right way. Now the Bible said they got here to this place, uh, and uh, the name of the place is Myra. Myra is the name of this place, and it means bitter, bitterness. They found the water was bitter there. But God has a ministry in Myra. Uh, everything God does in our life, God has a ministry. Uh, the Lord does not lead us into evil. The Lord does not tempt us to do evil. The Lord does not tempt us to sin. The Bible said, James said, Let no man say when he's tempted, of, of God, tempted, I'm tempted of God. Because God does not tempt any man to sin. God doesn't lead us and tempt us to sin. God leads us sometimes and tempts us, if you want to use that word, for testing. Uh, and for a purpose. Amen. And so here we see tonight that God has led them there to Myra. Now, first of all, we're going to see tonight in this chapter the mystery of Myra. The Bible said that it's kind of a mystery there. Uh, you say, why? Well, God just brought them out of 400 years of slavery. God just led them across the Red Sea. The Lord just destroyed all of their enemies. And now God is leading them to a place where the Bible said they found no water. I don't know if you found this out with God, but I found this out with God. That a whole lot of what God decides up there, 
what makes sense up there don't make a lick of sense down here. I, I, I don't know if you've figured that out or not, but uh, there's so many ways we could illustrate that, uh, that God does things and it just don't make a lick of sense down here. Uh, uh, but it makes all kinds of sense up there if it was up there where God was. Amen. And uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we get to thinking uh, that the Christian life, that you know, it's all fun, it's all joy, it's all dancing, it's all singing, and a whole lot of it is, thank God. Uh, but I want you to know that life is more than one big life. Amen. Uh, it is. It's not. It's not a ramp. Uh, it's not a romp from birth to the burial. It's serious, and there's some schooling going on in between. That's what Myra is. God's a schooling us. God is going to teach them something. Amen. Uh, someone said, Preacher, I grow the most when I was in the valley. Well, the valley always grows good, don't it? You get down there and uh, on them creek bottoms and that black soil, and boy, you get some of the best-looking best corn and the best-looking crops down there. It's down there in the valley. The valley always grows uh, uh, things better than the mountaintop. One of the ways you can tell how high that you're getting if you're a mountain climber is that the vegetation changes. Uh, uh, the higher you get up the mountain, the less vegetation will Sometimes God has to let you and God has to let me uh, uh, be led by the way of the wilderness. Uh, and it's a mystery. It don't make sense. Why would God lead 600,000 uh, to possibly a million people? Why would God lead them to a place uh, uh, where there's no water? Well, you and I have all got question marks in our mind. When we look, look back over our life, why did God do what He did? Uh, uh, some things don't make a lot of sense. Uh, uh, makes God sense, but it don't make sense down here where you and I are living. At least it don't make sense when you're going through it. Amen. Uh, uh, when you look back on it, it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, I guess that's where the saying comes from, uh, that hindsight's always better than foresight. And when you look back, you know, you go through them mirrors, those hard places, and at the time you say, what is God doing? Why did the Lord let this happen to me? But then you look back on them places after God gets you through it, and you look back and you've seen God everywhere in it. You've seen Jesus standing in the shadows, and you say, thank God, I got a blessing when I was going through that mire. I was going through that hard place. So, it's a mystery that they found no water. Uh, well, of course, they eventually did find water, but it's even a greater mystery. They can't drink it. The Bible said the water is bitter, and they can't drink it. Why, again, would God bring 600,000 to a million people into a place after just coming out of Egypt into a place uh, uh, where that there's no water and when they found it, it's bitter water and they can't even drink it. Amen. Uh, and so the Bible said the people began to murmur against Moses. There's another mystery. Uh, why would they complain to Moses? Why don't they complain to God? He's leading them by a pillar of fire and a cloud, and why don't they complain to God? Because people like to complain to something they can see. 
And they could see Moses. He was the one leading them. Amen. And the Bible says the people murmured against Moses. Look over in chapter 16 and verse 7. And, the, and don't never forget this. When you're murmuring and complaining, and when I'm murmuring and I'm complaining, don't never forget what this says here in this verse. It said, talking about the Lord, for he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. Uh, you know, we act like God can't hear, but God hears, amen. Uh, he hears every word that comes out of our mouth. The Bible said he heard Sarah life. Uh, uh, he heard Hannah's prayer, and she didn't. her lips didn't even move. Uh, did you know God's got excellent hearing? Amen. Now you say, well, Brother Rick, I don't see no big mystery in the people complaining. Well, the mystery is uh, that God has just delivered them uh, uh, from 400 years of bondage and slavery and the first, they went three days journey into the wilderness uh, and they're already murmuring and complaining. Amen. Uh, uh, in that human nature, in that the way it is, uh, uh, God can bless us 300 uh, and, uh, and God can bless us 300 days uh, uh, out of the year and then we hit one day when it ain't good and if we're not careful we'll be complaining and griping and grumbling on God. Uh, uh, well, the Bible said uh, uh, that, uh, that Myra, uh, what you want to remember when you come to Myra is that it's a mystery. You can't understand it till you get through it. Amen. Uh, uh, once you get through it, you can, under, you can understand it at least a little better. Now the Bible said in Proverbs 27 and 19, As in water face answereth to face, so the heart of man to man. Did you ever look into water? Did you ever get around a fountain or maybe a creek or a branch or a pool? And it was of the right kind. And when you looked, looked in it, you saw yourself looking back at you. Amen. That's what the Bible said here. It said, as water, uh, as in water, face answered the face, uh, so the heart of man to man. Not only is Myra a mystery, but God allows some Myras in our life for a mirror. Amen. Uh, uh, so that you and I can see ourselves. Do you notice, you notice here how that the word keeps popping up in Exodus 15, 25? The Bible said that the Lord, uh, He gave them statues and ordinance, and there He proved them. Look at verse, uh, look at verse, uh, seven, uh, verse 4 in chapter 16. The Lord then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them uh, whether they will walk in my law or not. Now, I, 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 something there, I, you know, I have a hard time understanding, Brother Bill. I know God knows everything. Uh, the only thing that God don't know is what God don't want to know. Uh, God don't want to know our sins. He cast them behind His back and thank God He said, I'll never remember them no more against you. But I know the Bible said in the New Testament, Jesus, who was God, uh, uh, that oftentimes he'd say he knew when, what was in their heart. Uh, he knew this. He knew that. So in my thinking, I'm thinking God already knows uh, what we're going to do before we do it. And maybe my thinking ain't right. 
But my thinking's always been this way, Miss Sandy. I've always thought that God allowed morals in our life and God allowed things in our life uh, uh, so that we could look in the mirror of ourself uh, and we could see what we really are. Uh, uh, did you know a lot of times you and I, what we think we really are and what we are really are is sometimes two different things. Amen. I'll illustrate this. Something happened a long time ago. Uh, Scotty and Alicia, they just started driving, and uh, I think she had come by to pick Scotty up. He rode to school with her. Long story short, I started to town that morning, and as I started to town, I got over the hill there where the uh, Church of God is now, and the traffic was backed up. I could look down there and see the hamlets. I could look down there, and I could see the blue lights flash, flashing. And, uh, and I remember at that particular time, just... At that moment in my life, Brother Caleb, I thought I had such great faith. I, I, but I got out and walked down there to see what was going on. I, and a man turned around to me, the, 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 the ambulance worker, he turned around and he said, Aren't you Rick Prophet? I said, Yes, sir. I, he said, Your son's in the back of the ambulance. I, and, uh, and they were leaving. And he said, they, They've got to go. They're already going to the hospital. They had Scott in. I don't remember Alicia's in there or not, but they'd already started to the hospital. Did you know all that big faith I thought I had? It all went out in a minute. I, I, all my faith was gone in a moment of time. I, uh, you say, what happened? And God let me look into the mirror of Mara, and I seen myself. I didn't have the faith I thought I had. Amen. Uh, God lets things happen like that in our life. Twice here God says that He allowed this to prove them. To prove them. God puts some mirrors along our way. Now you might as well be expecting them. There's going to be some. Uh, Peter said, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you. In other words, there's going to be some trials coming in my life and your life. And, and God is going to lead us uh, right into some mirrors in our life. And it's going to be God doing the leading. Remember what I said? The Bible said He leadeth them forth by the right way. The right way. Have you ever been going, have you ever been going the right way, but you thought it's the wrong way? I've done that traveling. And I, I thought I was going the uh, I thought I was going the wrong way, but it turned out being the right way. Well, whenever God's leading you and God's leading me, it's always, it's always the right way but we might not be able to see it at the time. And the Bible said that God shows them something. You say, what did God show them? Notice how their language changes. In verse 2, they said, The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. There's a lot of men here, but look at verse 6. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Look at verse 21. And they sang ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath thrown them into the sea. Now watch how their language changes when we get down uh, there in verse 23. And the Bible said, And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the water of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was Mara. And the people murmured against Moses. 
In other words, one minute they were praising God, they were giving God the praise, uh, and within three days uh, uh, they were murmuring against God. You say, why was that? That was in their heart. That was in their heart. You see over there in chapter 16, the Bible said that they murmured again, verse 2, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. Now it ain't just a pastor, it's an assistant pastor also. And they're murmuring against both of them. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth unto this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. In other words, they said, we remember how it was down there in Egypt. We sat by the flesh pots. Uh, we eat bread to the full. Well, we all know that no slave is going to eat bread to the full. Amen. Uh, uh, one place over there they said that we did freely eat. Freely? They were working day and night making brick. Amen. Uh, uh, the burden and the task was even greater on them. But do you know what Myra do sometimes? Myra make us forget all the goodness of God uh, and all we can think about is the rough times, the, the bad times, the no water time, the bitter water time. Their language changed. It's amazing how quick people's languages can go from praising God to murmuring and complaining against God. It's amazing. Three days, three days here. Notice their love changes. By the way, back there in verse 16, they're complaining because they have no bread. They said, we're complaining because we don't have any bread. You've led us out here and we don't have any bread. Notice what God does. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, I'll rain bread from heaven. You want bread? God said, I'll give you bread. God said, I'll, I'll rain it from heaven. And he said, I'll give you bread a certain rate every day. You can go out every day and get all the bread you want. And he said, I'm doing this that I may prove them. Well, you know what they did when they got bread, all the bread they wanted, more than the bread they could eat. They murmured and complained, amen. It wasn't just the bread. It was in their heart to murmur and to complain, amen. God hates that murmuring and complaining. And I'm not preaching this because I've heard anybody doing that. I haven't. But I'm just talking about how that, how that we as human beings, if we're not careful, that we'll find ourselves in these mirrors and it's a mirror that God wants us to see ourselves the way God sees us. You see, a lot of times the way we see ourselves and the way God sees ourselves is two different, two different pictures. Amen. Notice how their love changes. Moses was the greatest thing since apple butter. God used him to lead them out. And boy, they love Moses. Thank God for our pastor. Thank God for Moses. Thank God that God has given us a man of God like Moses. Three days, their love changes. Three days they turned on Moses and, and the people murmured, verse 24, against Moses. And even though Aaron, they even turned on him. Listen, don't ever think that you or I reach a plateau in a place where that everybody's going to always be happy with you and love you. 
I remember Andy Patterson was sitting right there, right there. He'd just moved into Glasgow that day. They'd just got him in the parsonage. And he was sitting right there. And Brother Jack Lister was preaching revival. And Brother Jack come around and he was preaching along these lines. And Brother Jack said, Brother Andy said, I'm glad you got moved into the parsonage. I'm glad they helped you move in. But he said, son, don't never forget this. He said, the same people that carried your furniture in are carried out if they don't like you. I'm sure that really helped Andy. (laughs) 19-year-old young preacher. Just come in, amen. But there is some truth to that. There are friends that's true blue to the end. And if you've got one or two like that, you better thank God. If you've got one or two like that. We all got a lot. You say, I've got, I've got 3,000 friends on Facebook. They're not your friends. They're just acquaintances. And uh, some of them you don't even know, you know. Uh, but probably, probably you could count all the friends you got on one hand. I mean, real, true, blue, God-sent, proven friends. You could probably count them all on one hand. That's just the way it is. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with them. That's just the way people are. But notice how their love changes. So notice how the the Myra, that how that it, it changed their love. It changed their love for Moses. It changed their love for their being out of Egypt. It, it just changed their love for everything. And God wants them to see that. God lets some things come our way because He wants to see what you're going to do. We, we got some folks in this church that have been through some Myras. And you know what we did? Not only did they get to see, but we got to see their faith and their love for God was true blue. They stayed with it. They're still here. Amen. But we got some other folks. Whenever churches start having problems, and eventually all will. A lady act shocked one night years ago, and something had happened in the church. I don't know what it was. Uh, but the lady come up and she said, Brother Rick, I heard something today and I cannot believe it. And I said, what'd you hear? And she said, I heard there was some trouble in this church. I didn't think this church had any trouble. I said, lady, look around. Have we got people? Then we got trouble. And I said, ma'am, there's not no perfect churches including this one. And I polyparroted what I heard somebody else say. And I said, if you go out there and you find the perfect church, don't join it. You'll run it. Amen. Uh, how can there be a perfect church with imperfect people? But you see, these Myras, they provide a mirror that you and I can look at. And you'll find that their loyalty changed. In verse 3, they murmured against God. They murmured against Moses. They murmured against Aaron. And they they said, we wished we was back in Egypt. I'm going to say one thing. I'm just speaking for me. But I have never said, and I have never even thought about saying, and I have never even wanted to be back in the world and lost without God. Now, uh, I haven't had the bad things happen that a lot of people have had to happen. Uh, might be around the corner, might be over the hill, 
But I've never had that thought in my life. Someone said, Brother Rick, do you ever want to quit? I said, well, sometimes I want to quit pastoring, but I don't want to never quit preaching. I've never been to where I, I said, Lord, I don't want to preach anymore. Uh, I never have, but someone said every Monday morning, every preacher uh, wants to quit preaching. Uh, well, it may not be that bad, but there will come times when that, when that you, may, you may change what you thought about something. And the Bible said their loyalty changed right here at Myra when they saw theirself. God let them see themselves. Sometimes God lets us see ourselves, and it ain't a pretty picture. <laughs> but we, we never do nothing about it until we see ourselves. I mean, you never, you never, you never wipe the dirt off your face till you know it's there. You see it, amen. Old story. Years ago, I was uh, working on an old copier up there at the other building, and had that old powdered toner, and I'd work and sweating, didn't really know what I was doing, and I didn't realize it. But when I got hot and sweaty, I wiped my face, and of course that black toner was all over my face. And I went out to Walmart to get something. I went out there and everybody had walked in. I noticed he's looking funny at me. And suddenly it dawned on me, you know, what had happened. That, uh, and the lady said, you got something on your face? And Oh, do I? You know, I knew by then that I had black all over my face. But I, you know what I did? I didn't wipe it off until I noticed there. And God lets us see ourselves so that we can, we can see what we need to wipe off of our face. Amen. There is the, the mirror of Mara. But then look at verse 25. And here they come down there and the people's murmuring. They found water, but they tasted of it and they can't drink it because it's bitter. But the Bible said, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he didn't even answer them. The Bible said he cried unto the Lord. Not only is there the mirror of Mara, but there is the manifestation of Mara. You see, Mara, God is allowing Mara to, to take place. God is letting Mara's come in our life because God wants to manifest Himself in our life. He wants to show us the answer of the problem. Amen. Moses, boy, he reacted right. You see, they revealed what was in their heart. They started murmuring, complaining, blaming Moses, blaming Aaron, eventually blaming God. But Moses revealed what was in his heart. You see, these myras, they'll reveal good and they'll reveal bad. And the Bible said that when all this come up, you know what Moses didn't do? Uh, Moses did not panic. He prayed. You know what you and I need to do when we come upon these Maras? Don't panic. God is leading. God has led us there. God has brought us to this place in the wilderness. The Lord has brought us there for a reason. And Moses did not panic. You know what Moses did? He did what the quarterback did. He goes to the coach and says, What do you want me to do? 
You know what he does? He does what the lost pilot does. Uh, uh, he, he, he signals the tower. Give me some directions. Which way do I need to go? It's always better to pray. Amen. Our first, our first response to any Myra ought to be like Moses. Crying to the Lord. Don't cry to the people. They're already... You already know what they're doing. But I want you to notice, you say, how did this manifestation come about? Verse 25, he cried unto the Lord. Watch how quick God answers. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. There was a moment of manifestation. When was the moment of manifestation? It was when he began to cry to the Lord. Notice the means of this manifestation. Circle two words in verse 25. He showed him a tree. Not a dozen trees, not a bunch of trees. But he showed him a tree. That's one tree. And this is an unusual tree that he shows him because when he, when he takes this tree and does what God says do, do with it, uh, there is a manifestation of the miracle working power of God. And He changes the water. Amen. The Bible says, He showed me a tree. You know the answer to every Mara? Is that tree right there. Amen. Did you ever notice how that thing looks like a big plus mark? And a lot of things never make sense till you put that in the equation. And then they start to add up. Amen. The Bible says that, that God manifested Himself. That's what God wants to do. That's what Marvel's all about. God wants us to cry out to Him so that He can manifest Himself. We can see the kind of God we serve tonight. He's a mighty God. The means of the Manifestation is always the tree. God always manifests Himself through Calvary, through the tree. But there's the miracle of the manifestation. The Bible said the waters were made sweet. Isn't that something? And God can take the morrows in our life, and if we have the right response, and we go to the tree, that God can take the morrows of our life and eventually make them sweet. Amen. Amen. I've heard people testify in this very church, I've heard people testify what they thought was the greatest tragedy in their life, the biggest morrow they ever, tur ever went through turned out to be the greatest blessing. Amen. I never will forget Sister Beverly Cook, and of course uh, her child was born with spina bifida, and uh, I remember her in the old building. One night we had a great service along these lines. And Sister Beverly, she stood up with the tears just rolling down her face. I can see her almost standing there tonight. And she said, uh, when I had this baby, they told me what was happening. And they told me that uh, they tried to get her, you know, to abort the baby and this, that, and the other. But uh, she had the baby. And she said, I remember telling God, God, why? God, why are you giving me a child like this? But after, after several years, and the child has grown now, 
She said it. I didn't say it. She said it with tears coming out of her eyes that you could feel. She said it with all her heart. And she said that child's turned out to be one of the greatest blessings of my life. You say, why? Oh, I suppose it's caused her many times to cry unto the Lord. And she's seen the miracle working hand and power of God. That's why abortion's wrong. Amen. That's why just because a child has problems of some sort or another, and God still can use the child. God has a purpose for the child. God wants to teach us with the child. God has a purpose. And I'll tell you, it ain't the Supreme Court or the federal government or myself or yourself that has the right to say whether somebody lives or dies. That's God, amen. Life comes from God. I'm talking about in a situation like that. Now, I believe in the death penalty because the Bible institutes it in Genesis and then Paul brings it into the New Testament over in Acts about chapter 23. And I believe that sometimes that, uh, that, that that needs to be instituted, but not never in the case of the way I'm speaking tonight. But there was a miracle of that manifestation. Now here's a good part. I know this has kind of maybe been somewhat uh, not what you wanted to hear tonight, and not really what I wanted to preach tonight. But here's the good part. It does end in a good part. The Bible says, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and ordinance, and there he proved them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and we'll do that which is right in His sight, and we'll give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes. I'll put none of these diseases upon thee, which have brought thee upon the Egyptians. Underline it, for I am the Lord. Not I used to be the Lord. Not I'm going to be the Lord. I am the Lord. You know what that was saying? The Lord is saying, whether you're at Amara whether you just come across the Red Sea, whether you're at Blessings or you're at Blestering, God said it don't matter where you're at along the journey, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. God don't change. Amen. I like that. I think they'd forgot that. When they were complaining about the water, they'd forgot that the I Am had just opened up the Red Sea and brought them across on dry ground, and let the waters come back in on their enemies as they pursued them. Somehow or another, they forgot all them plagues that God sent, saying, I am the Lord. Moses said, what do you want me to tell Pharaoh when I go down there? What am I supposed to tell him who you are? And he said, tell him I am, that I am sent you. I'm glad tonight that God's still the I am. Aren't you? But notice this, not only the manifestation of Mara and the mirror of Mara and the mystery of Mara, but lastly look here in verse 27 in the Bible said, And they came to Elam, the marker of Mara. It's like a road marker. Like you go down 
the interstate, you know, mile marker 22, mile marker 23, whatever it might be. And God puts this road marker there after Myra, and God says, don't forget this. Don't forget this. You say, why? Because what follows after Myra was not Israel's last stop. Someone said, if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. Amen. You see, Israel wasn't the end. Of, that wasn't the end of the road. Myra wasn't the end of the road. God had another place for them. And the Bible said He brought them to Elam. They came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Have you ever traveled down the interstate? And you've been traveling for a long time. And mile marker. 44, 45, you know, whatever it is. And all at once you see this sign, rest stop. And you very often go in there and there's refreshments, a place to sit and rest a minute. And it's a rest stop. Don't never forget that God puts rest stops along the way. Amen. God, there's some Myra's there, but God, when you get through them rough places, God's always got the sign there, Elam, rest, rest stop, pull over. And the Bible said they stopped there at Elam, and there were twelve wells of water and three score and ten palm trees. I was listening to Maze Jackson preach years ago on a tape, and Maze's wife, Dot, had, had went with him on that trip. She normally didn't go with him. But Dot was sitting in the back of the church and there was a lady that come in and sat down by her not realizing that that was her, her husband up there preaching. And after Brother May has been preaching about 45 minutes, that lady leaned over to his wife and she said, is he going to ever be done? A few minutes she said, Lord, this is the longest preacher I've ever heard. Not realizing that's his wife. And he's preaching out of this chapter right here. And Dot says, if you think he's long now, he, she said, that's just introduction. Wait till he gets, he's just talking about them 12 whales now. Wait till he gets on them three score palm trees and 10. But God, God said there were 12 whales of water. You say, what's that mean? Plenty, plenty, plenty of water. Good water, drinking water. We may go through a little bare spot. But don't forget at the rest stop, God's got some fresh, cool, clean water. And there's plenty of it. The Bible said there were three score and ten palm trees. You know what palm trees represent? Life. That's why the Bible said, uh, uh, Blessed is the man uh, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, but he talks about how he, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Uh, 1 Psalm 92, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. A palm tree is a sign of evergreen, everlasting life. And thank God, I'm glad that there you get some places where you wonder if life is even worth living. Isn't that what they said? I wish we'd died back there. But don't forget, there's some Elam's down the road.
There's going to be plenty of water. And you're going to thank God that God lets you live and get through it. There's still some good days up ahead. Happy, happy times are here again. Happy days are here again. That's the way life is. There's the Maras, and then the, but don't forget there's the Elams. You know what the Maras do? They really help you to appreciate them Elams. You can't really appreciate the Elams until you had some Maras. Amen. And the Bible said, the Bible said, and they encamped there by the waters. Not only did I see plenty of water and plenty of life, but I see a place to rest. Amen. I'm glad that God puts some places along life's way that we can rest. Aren't you? I mean, we hit those maras, those tough places, those rough places, those hard places, and we're, we're worried to death. We can't sleep. We're in a panic mode. But I'm glad the Lord knows what we can take. And the Lord said, just sow that, sow that tree there. Just put that tree in that water. And it'll be sweet. You know what the cross does? And I'm done. But the cross makes Mara's bearable. Amen. The cross makes them rough places where that you can get through them. You can get through them. The Bible said, And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, three score and ten palm trees. And they encamped there by the waters. Now let me say this, that wasn't the last stop for Israel. They're going to have some more traveling through the wilderness, several years through the wilderness. That wasn't the last stop. But one day we're going to come to the last stop. And you know what we're going to find when we come to the last stop? We're going to find plenty. No shortages. Plenty of everything. Abundance of everything. As much as you want. I think it's T.T. T. Martin, the old preacher. I heard B.R. Lakin tell it. He worked for him for a while. And T.T. T. Martin said, somebody asked him, said, Brother Martin, said, what do you think heaven will be? And he said in his old country way, he said, well, he said, when I was a kid, said that Christmas roll around and said they'd take one, they'd get one lemon and they'd squeeze it and they'd make one glass of lemon juice, lemonade. He said they'd put, just had enough to put some sugar in it, depression times, and just enough to make one glass of lemonade. And said mama would call us all around and let each of us seven or eight kids get a sip of that lemonade. And he said there'd only be one candy stick. And said Mama would open it and she'd let us all all take our turn on it for a little while. And the old preacher said, I think heaven will be the place where a kid could get all the lemonade he wants. I think heaven will be the place where that you'll have all the sweetness you ever desired. There is a stopping place. There'll be plenty of life there. Plenty of death down here. But don't remember that our God is the God of the living, not the dead. 
and there'll be a place of rest. I, I'm weary and tired, aren't you, Marlon? And I get so tired sometimes I can't put one foot in front of the other. But I'm glad there remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. I'm glad there's a place called Sweet Beulah Land, heaven, whatever you want to call it. It's a place where that we'll have all the good things we want. It's a place where there'll be plenty. It's a place where there'll be nothing but life. God said there'll be no more death, no more tears. A place of life be a place of rest. Heaven will be worth it when we get there, folks. I know you got to go through your morrows, and I got to go through my morrows. But let's respond like Moses did, and let's don't talk to everybody else about it. Or let's cry to the Lord. Amen. Say, Lord, show me what you want me to see in this. That's what I want. Did you notice as soon as Moses responded in the right way to the tree, the next verse, next couple of verses, there at Elam. That's the way God is. Just like when you was in school. When you pass the test, you go on to the next level. That's the way it is with the Lord. If you don't pass the test, you keep taking the grade over till you do. But if you pass it, you say, how do you pass the test? The only way I ever learned to pass one in school was study the books. Study the books and all the answers are right there of how to pass the test, the Maras, how to get through the Maras that God sends our way. Father, I thank you, Lord, this 